Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Hello and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I'm uh, Gord Riddell and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Jan Hill. Hey, Jan. Hello. How are you doing? doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about last week's show? That was kind of cool. Yeah. I enjoyed all that intuition stuff. I know. Yeah. I was born with was, this stuff. So it's, you? it's uh, you know, the idea of calling anything a supernatural, not in my language. Yeah. It's natural. And so on. I was just really, really blessed. That's all I can say <laughs> to have been that kind of exposure to it. What you know, is- there's so many words for intuition. You know, uh, everything from uh, deja vu, gut feelings, hunches. Oh, yes, and our little segue on instinct, um, mm-hmm. women's intuition, uh, extrasensory perception. Oh, and now we have medical intuition. Mm, interesting. Yeah, which is really an interesting area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's just so much language about something that, you know, some people really understand it, but unfortunately, science is not having a, a, a really positive time studying it. But, you know, that's the same with anything that has to do with energy is, you know, science is, is sort of stuck in a place that says, well, it doesn't fit the scientific model. And maybe, you know, this is what I put out there is, is that maybe we just haven't figured out how we should be measuring that. Well, maybe the scientific model can explain a lot of things, but it can't explain everything. Exactly. Right? That's because exactly it doesn't it. they don't have the instruments of measurement or they don't know how to read them or they don't understand what it actually means. There's a strong desire always to root everything in the body, right? Yes. Absolutely. And in yeah, physiological processes, right? Yes. So or, you know, physics. I, mean, I, physics. I, I totally I totally get the you know, wanting to be able to on any experiment repeat it. You know, it has to be repeatable for it to be an important piece of, of research, you know. But at the same time, it's, it's – um, I just think that we, we haven't quite got there yet. I mean, we haven't stopped learning at the scientific level. So, therefore, maybe measurement is also one of the areas that will still, you know, be unveiled over time or in a short period of time, hopefully. But it certainly – I think it's, uh, it's invalidated. Uh, very often to the point where people don't even talk about it. But we're going to talk about that later in the show. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, do you think you have women's intuition? Uh, I think there is women's intuition. I think I, as a, my own person, I'm not sure. I'm kind of the jury's out. I think I am an intuitive person, but uh, I think I uh, over-rely on my brain and my memory for things. Okay. And, you know, I was just spent the last... 30 years of my life reading everything, right? Like, I know you have. Yeah. Really. So it's like, so dictionary. that's, yeah, that's my crutch, right? So it's like, well, if my brain doesn't know it, then that's your safety place. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and I think I'm not unusual that way. And I think, you know, that's the whole point of going to grad school, in fact, right? Is in many ways is to drop the use of pretty much anything else. When I, I know when I went to grad school, I stopped being able to write fiction. For long, I can do it again now, but for the longest period of time, because it was just the way that you arranged language, right? Right, It was right. completely different. So I think, too, it changes the way you think about things, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how we present, you know, to the world is is always through our own comfort level mm-hmm. that, you know, if I'm if I'm really comfortable with people, then sure. I have no trouble with humor and, and joking around and so on. But if I'm still sussing out where I'm fitting in and who these people are, my place is my intellect. Yeah. That's always my fallback position. Yeah. So I, I will come across as a bit more serious than I yeah. really am because I'm not. Um, yeah. it, it really it really is my fallback. And, and you're saying kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know? I think I've learned to trust more my intuition and I, I see it in my friends all the time. Right. So I'm like, Oh yeah, there it is. And there it is. And there it is. I have no problem, you know, (laughs) identifying it and, you know, holding two thumbs up for that, for them. But for myself, I don't know. No, I think I, do you think I'm intuitive? I think you have an element of intuitiveness. Yeah. You know, I I guess where I see, you know, I hate the fact that it's called women's intuition. That sounds almost like no. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Women's yeah. intuition, I, I hate the fact, because we don't have a men's intuition. Uh, mm. Men's intuition, get me a beer. Uh, um, uh, but if a woman was really good with her intuition, she would have already had it for me already. How about that for a misogynist statement? Don't you love that? Yeah, I know. Eh? I know. But, uh, but <laughs> I think, like, I'm trying to think of how to respond to that. So I do think that men have intuition, of course. And I do think that society recognizes something intuitive. For example, soldiers, right? So it's always within the limited capacity yes. of what we think of in the patriarchal scope of what is masculinity and its expression in roles, right? So soldiers are a prime example. A lot of what they do is intuitive. And they're actually trained to trust their intuition. Some of the best right? CEOs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? You know, so They have to be. They have to be. Uh, they don't have time to analyze everything. Their gut has to be able to tell them instantly, sort of, is this, you know, a doable or not doable thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if so if we take intuition and we bump it up a notch and we start to get into the world of uh, the psychic and the medium, all right? So that's kind of a, an interesting area. And it's, it's not that it's necessarily hierarchical, but... One of the things I sort of differentiate is, is that intuition is, is really, really about me and everything that is really close to me emotionally within my life. That could be my family, my, if I had kids, if I had a job, um, mm-hmm. all, all of those kinds of things, you know, that you, that's where you intuit. The psychic and the medium do it for other people. It's more of an externalized piece. So uh, although, you know, they, they pick up information, uh, it's actually much more for other people that it's more directed. And the intuition becomes very much about us and our immediate environment, but not just like our bodies. I'm talking about our, you know, fully, fully encompassed emotional bodies around that. Okay. Okay. So that if I'm, if, you know, if there's something yeah. with work, then, you know, I will pick up something about that or, right. or whatever. Okay. So I, it's just a slight differentiation that with, when someone's giving a sort of a psychic reading or a, a medium is working, it, it, there's no emotional involvement with that individual. It's kind of like therapy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's from that third person observer, whereas intuition is not an observer place. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, where it, because it works through our emotions. And is mediumship then always does does where the information's coming from? Is it always have to be somebody who's dead? Well, I mean that's really what differentiates between the psychic and the medium. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, like um, you know, psychics aren't necessarily mediums, but all mediums are psychics. Wait, say that again. Psychics aren't necessarily mediums, 
and but mediums are psychics. Right. Got it. Okay. Okay. So psychics will huh. psychics work with energies, people's energies around them, what they're getting. You know, in in terms of uh, uh, being able to tune into where someone is at. Uh, obviously, the probabilities of where they might be going to, and I always say might because, you know, you can do a reading with someone and they just go off a little bit in another direction and your probability has changed. All right. So one of the things about giving a reading to somebody is, is that you're giving them sometimes a, a heads up and an opportunity to actually change, uh, um, you know, sort of the direction that they're going in. Hmm. So they're just kind of headed for a little bit of, you know, you really should be looking after your financial or, or you know, you need to go and talk to your banker. There's something here about your banker. Then that's something then that's sort of a, a heads up. So that's partly the service oriented nature of things. Yes. Yes. Be, I, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so for sure. But it's, it's, it's that ability to sort of read, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the same way as, you know, I think that uh, there's various forms of mediumship and I think healing, uh, you know, is a form of mediumship and healers, uh, you know, work with that energy that they can feel that's directly with them, but then they can also bring energy in, uh, you know, that whatever they want to call it, universal energy that, that uh, can flow through them that, Another person can be, uh, uh, you know, at least uh, their higher part is able to use that for themselves. Okay, so here's a question then. So I would call that, let's call that physical mediumship just for purposes, right? Okay, okay, it's not, but yes. Oh, okay, it's not. Okay. Physical physical mediumship yeah. is is specifically when the the energy of the, the 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 entity coming through the medium is capable of actually affecting physical things in in our in our world. It's like making hmm. that phone move. Oh. Or okay. making making uh okay. you know, my dad had this. And, and he, he would actually, he got up really early in the morning. That was his time at like five in the morning in the dark and, and things like spoons would move, Mm -hmm. uh, without him even touching them or concentrating, you know, it was just, there was just so much energy around him. So why isn't healing somebody else physical mediumship because something's happening in their bodies? Well, it's, it's, it, it can be happening. It's happening in their energetic field. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it's, oh, it's kind of okay. semantical, but okay. it's probably, you know, I'd probably be more pernickety around the language. Okay. And if someone says they're doing physical mediumship, you know, I mean, that's what got the early spiritualists into trouble was, you know, floating trumpets or, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, things, things that are called apports. Okay. Right? An apport is when apport. sometimes you're sitting in, in these uh, uh, circles to develop, which we're going to talk someday about um, and and you know suddenly like a, a ring or something or some sort of stone will will manifest itself uh, uh, I've seen flowers move you know stuff like that that's what physical mediumship is All right and it's not very well it's not very much uh, sort of looked into or, or, or people really don't develop from physical mediumship that way anymore. So here's a question about that. And this okay. might be, I'm just, I might be a little confused. Okay. Because as you can see, this is not my thing. It's not my, I like it, but it's not my wheelhouse, right? Okay. So, um, okay. So if a said person, for example, goes to sleep at night and they know they have ghosts in their house. Okay. And they wake up in the morning and the ghost has left something for them physical. Mm-hmm. Right. Like maybe at the foot of the stairs or something. Hopefully breakfast. Well, yeah, <laughs> big stack of pancakes. Um, and so, 
Is it that the ghost has brought that? Like, is it the ghost energy that's moved that object? Or is it the person who the ghost was using who the person was able to move that energy? Uh, it's a combination of, it's a, you know, it's a joint effort on both of their parts. You know, you know, it's, it's, um, mediumship is really difficult in terms of, uh, two things have to happen. One is obviously in the physical body, we're vibrating at a certain level, a certain energy level. Mm. All right. Uh, that's measurable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're, you know, at this level now, once our energy has left our body, um, and, and we know that, it does as energetically, okay? So its vibratory rate has now changed. It's gone up. So as someone has now moved into a physical or into a non-physical, I'm sorry, into a non-physical, their vibratory rate is much, much higher than ours because of our physicalness. We're vibrating at a much lower rate. Got it. Okay. So what we have to do is in training is we have to be able to lift our vibrational rate up. At the same time, they're struggling to learn how to bring their energy level down so that there's a point where, you know, my increase and their decrease can meet. Okay. And that's the point of communication. And, you know, it, it doesn't happen easily or automatically. It, it really, you know, I mean, I, I've known of people that have sat for years training as a medium, uh, you know, just to be able to calmly in a quiet space, bring their energy level up and boom, you know, and they're working with people that are, you know, uh, people while well, they're with, with, with uh, uh, former people, <laughs> people in spirit that are able to also then communicate with them by lowering their energetic vibration. Hmm. So there's, you've got this whole energy that's going on and it's moving. Uh, and, and, you know, I, th- I think that we have to, you know, really grasp the idea of, um, you know, we're energetic, we're in an energetic field, and this energy is the very thing. It's neither good nor bad. We are the ones that give energy its positiveness or its negativity. Right. You know, like saying that there's negative energy or bad energy or stuff like this, you know, is like, it's what are people intending with this energy? That's why it's so powerful when, uh, when we talk about that and a group of people get together with a positive energy, like whether it's in meditation, whether it's in prayer, you know, it can move mountains mm-hmm. in the same way that if, you know, there's uh, people getting together that. Uh, you know, like like that's what I said about uh, in one of our shows about if you find yourself in a group that's starting to go sour, get out because that whole group consciousness thing begins to happen. And that is that energy now takes on a malevolence all by itself. Well, it's not by itself. It's through all the people that are taking part in it, reading it and pulling it in. Mm-hmm. And, and people, you know, you can go from two people fighting to 200 people fighting. And, and it can it can be, uh, you know, quite a nasty endeavor. So, you know, it, it really is this whole element of uh, uh, our ability to shift energy. But we have to recognize we are energy. So, okay, so mediumship then is really about a cooperation between the earth plane yes. and the spirit. Absolutely. World, right? So Absolutely. it's a process. Yes. God. Yeah, I think okay. it's a process, definitely. You know, there there's occasionally instances of people trying to, you know, who are in the spirit world of trying to, you know, get through in a difficult way. But you know, that's that's not that often. That's pretty pretty uh, pretty unheard of. It's not unheard of. It's it's just not it just doesn't happen. If you've taken care of yourself, it's not a problem. 
So now we have to take care of ourselves, and uh, we need to take a break here. Uh, We're here on the uh, Voice America Talk Radio, and this is Gord, and I'm here with Jan on Things Worth Considering, and we'll be back right after these messages. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental dynamic educational environment we believe learning is much more than just theories it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, Back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, this is uh, Gord, and I'm here with Jan, and this is Things Worth Considering. Uh, Welcome back after our messages. Um, So we're talking about mediumship. Uh, We're calling this show Medium, Medium Well. Um, (laughs) Medium Real Good. Medium Real Good. (laughs) You know, so historically, mankind, humankind, apologize, humankind, has been always looking for answers and has always looked to the skies, for lack of a better word, um, uh, to be able to, you know, see and hear or find out from someone as to what's going to happen to me. Perhaps one of the most uh, uh, famous ones is the Witch of Endor, which is in the uh, uh, Hebrew texts. It's in uh, both of the texts that are in the Christianity. Uh, So the Witch of Endor, um, you know, uh, Samuel, who had now become the king, uh, was very concerned about the buildup of the Philistines, and uh, he needed to know a strategy. And the only person that he felt that could help him was the former king, Saul, 
So he sought out the Witch of Endor, which now this whole thing has been debated. It has been so debated about what does witch really mean, but it translates basically into English, but it's a whole lot of different in terms of other languages. And of course, the Bible has come down through so many languages and so many, you know, translations that it really changes the context. What we do know is that it was a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, hmm. that's that's probably the most important thing. And she's actually quite shocked when suddenly Saul speaks through her. Uh, she actually screams, is sort of in some of the earlier part of the text. Um, and, and uh, you know, ends up getting, uh, Samuel ends up getting a not very good uh, uh, prognostication in terms of outcome. And in fact, the next day, uh, his, his uh, entire uh, army is wiped out and he himself, it, again, did he, did he, he either killed himself or he had someone kill him uh, uh, as a result of the, the defeat. So, you know, that's that certainly has come down through thousands of years. I got a question about that. Sure. Okay. So if she doesn't know, if the Witch of Endor doesn't know that she's going to be a medium or she's well, going to be used. Well, she does know. It's just that I think she had never had like a king or something come through her before. Oh, so she wasn't screaming in shock because she was suddenly channeling somebody. No. She was just screaming in shock because she was channeling the king. That's right. The former got king. Got it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really took her uh, by, by surprise. It, yeah. it was because apparently uh, my understanding of having read a number of sources on this is that, uh, you know, not only was he seen, but his voice was heard, uh, which was not sort of the norm. Uh, oh, at that so she day. was like talking in his voice. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, that could be an interesting experience. Wow. Um, not that I've had this, you know, former King Saul uh, talk, but <laughs> uh, so we're moving right along up uh, the coastline. We're going into the Greek area, Greek culture, and of course we have the very famous Oracle of Delphi. Um, now that Oracle has been around for uh, since 1400 BC. Um, it's run by women. It was run by women, um, with the head priest uh, being basically the oracle. She was called Pythia, um, and that was a title that was handed on. You know, when one died, that we had a new Pythia. Um, it, it, you know, I mean, people would go there to try and discover about people who had passed away, about their their future, about what was going on, about armies and wars and the whole thing. Uh, it went uh, on right up until the fourth century of the common, the new common era, uh, AD, um, when Rome had become uh, a Christian uh, 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 city-state because uh, the Const- uh, Constantine had converted in order to save his wife's life. Uh, he converted from the the pagan Roman uh, pantheon which they were, had to Christianity, um, and as we all know, the Christianity forbids. You know, prophesizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was the end of the Oracle of Delphi. Now it's in the uh, Temple of Apollo, um, and it's uh, it's still there today. One can go. It's not run by by any women or anything the way it was. Uh, the women who actually worked there, though, in the Temple of Apollo, had to be like you know pure. They were local. They were born there. Uh, you know, they dedicated their life then to to Apollo and to the Oracle. Um, Here's a tiny little tidbit of information about uh, the Oracle. Yep. So uh, her last in 393, uh, her last um, proclamation or whatever you call it. Prophecy. Prophecy, that's it. Her last prophecy was all is dead. Really? Yeah. 
And then, of course, five years later, the emperor guy dies. And then uh, 15 years later, Rome falls. Right? Wow. And she can be thought of, I like to think of her as sort of the original life coach. <laughs> she used to say things like, this is actually one of her prophecies, make your own nature, not the advice of others, your guide to life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. No, I haven't. Where'd you get that? Oh, you know. Oh, I bet you Mr. Google. No. <laughs> Mystic no, but those, Google. Those, uh, Mr. Google. I think that that's pretty. No, Mystic Google. Mystic Google. There yeah, yeah, go. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> that that whole thing was was shut down in, in the fourth century. Now let's fast forward into the Middle Ages, um, and uh, we come up against you know Christianity fighting it out with uh, people who have the ability. It's just the ability. I do not call it a gift. I don't think it's a gift. I think that some people, it's just more apparent. Uh, it's more on the surface, just like some people play the piano better than others. Uh, if that's a gift, which for those of us who don't play the piano, it is, um, <laughs> uh, then so be it. But I, I think of it in terms of abilities. Women were much more likely to have the ability, and as a result, were often prosecuted as they would try and gain some level of power from what their abilities were. At least it was perceived. So we go into the, you know, in the U.S., the, the witch uh, trials of Salem, which are like just horrific. The, uh, the people who were in some sort of level of hysteria that, that went further and further on as, as it, the whole thing mounted uh, to the point where, you know, people died as a result. Um, if we flip over into France, the number of women mm. that were, uh, 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 you know, burned at the stake outside of the Notre Dame Cathedral. I mean, you know, no offense to Notre Dame, and it's horrible what happened to such an historic monument, but there was a lot of burning there long before the roof burned down. Yeah, a uh, lot of fire. A lot of fire around that uh, that building. Um, women have traditionally been held to be uh, witches and, uh, you know, have had, you know, actually been put to death and, and so on. I think what's interesting about that is like you're talking about something that expands across centuries, right? That yes, there's the yes. persecution that happens across centuries. And the Salem witch trials, which actually um, happened in the late 1600s, I think it was 1692 to, 90, Sorry, to the spring of 93, something like that, right? Yep. In the new world, new to whom, right? In the <laughs> Americas. But um, it it shows that there's this sort of this transference of culture, which actually had started to die out quite a bit earlier in Europe, from my understanding. And so a lot of the witch stuff that was happening in Europe was actually came out of the Black Plague stuff, where as much as 200 million people, Europeans died in the Black Plague, like within just a year and a bit, right? A couple yes. of years. So, and that would have been in like the, around 1350s, 1347 to 1351 or something like something that. Like those that. are the name. Those are the dates that pop in my head. And so, um, what's really interesting, right, is people were trying to explain why was it that people were just literally walking into the streets and dropping entire families, entire villages, right? Right. And so, any sort of um, any kind of these these big acts of bad faith and these big bad circumstances that were happening were attributed to um, spiritual and you know interventions yeah, and yeah. stuff and so witches then became the target women became the target of of that yes. right because women were already perceived as being bad luck oh right? absolutely you couldn't have absolutely. women on boats 
Yep. You things like that, yep. right? Even though we always named uh, hurricanes uh, after women. Yeah, and you know, on the old <laughs> boats where they used to put the figurehead of a woman at the front, yes. So she was bare-breasted, so she had to be bare-breasted to face the sea because that would have uh, that would have undone the bad luck of any woman like a prostitute who would have been on the boats. Right. 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 That's why they're showing their boobies. You got it, baby. Oh, I thought they were just mothers just to calm the sea. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the you know, moving up through that whole area era is just uh really the number of women that were prosecuted and you know, we now as you brought that that whole area of the the black plague and everything. If we just push this over just a little bit now into the area of mental health. Yep. Totally. Okay. And mental health, uh, if, if uh, you know, anyone was having any sort of a psychosis or uh, uh, what, what was called a nervous breakdown, which is actually a breakthrough, um, uh, you know, they were handed over to the church. Because they were deemed to be, you know, possessed by, by you know, uh, spirits and, and all that kind of stuff. And we're talking now less than 200 years ago. Sure. Less than 200 years. Yeah, it's really interesting because before possession became something that the, uh, the church was really interested in um, um, in making better, right, healing or whatever by bringing God into the body, um, the, they used to, people used to engage in what they call the fugue state. And they would literally just get up one morning and they would wander around Europe or wherever it was they were going for sometimes years and then wander back home, right? right. And in indigenous cultures uh, in New Zealand, of course, and Australia, they call it the walkabout. So it's still perfectly acceptable to That's get up. That's what the queen does all the time. Go she, she come, when she lands, she does a little walkabout. She does a walkabout. <laughs> I think they always know where she's There's going, a, though. Oh, that's true. That's why she has those bright colors yeah, on. She always has to walk back. <laughs> but yeah, the fugue state, right? So when uh, modern sort of psychiatry got hold of this information around the fugue state, well, they were saying, oh, well, these people are just schizophrenics, right? Wandering off across the hills of Scotland or wherever, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, maybe not, right? But a lot of these women, though, were, were you know, very, uh, were tortured. Of course. You know, um, and, and they were like the most bizarre things. Like if she floated, uh, um, then it meant that she was, you know, she She's was a witch. A, a witch. And if she she sank, well, if she sank, she was going to be dead. Yeah. Uh, death by fire, death by drowning. Exactly. You pick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Either one. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely horrific. So. Or death by crush, crush, crushing, like crushing by stones. Yes. That was popular. Yeah. 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 Being stoning people. Yeah, no, not stoning them, actually putting them on a plank and then loading boulders uh, on top uh, of them. Uh, that's horrific. Yeah. I'm so glad we're human. <laughs> <laughs> the history of my, my people. Um, let's fast forward. Okay. okay. In, in, we're going up into now the 1840s, late 1840s, actually. Mm-hmm. We're in Hydesville, New York State, upper New York State. And in Hydesville, we discover the Fox Sisters. The Fox sisters began to experience in their home a, a lot of spiritual phenomenon, uh, knockings, things moving, physical man, physical mediumship. Uh, and it was only a matter of time that, you know, people began to come out to that area and uh, it just spread throughout the entire English speaking world. It was really a very, very huge, just like a tidal wave that went, went around. Um when we go up to about the the uh, early 1900s, 
there are literally hundreds of thousands of people are members of various organizations, uh, and some have evolved now into the spiritualist church, which is still with us today. Um, and and you know, uh, in England, for instance, um, uh, Arthur Finlay uh, donated his family estate. Uh, to the spiritualist church and it is there today uh, as a training center for spiritualist mediums mm. and it's a stunning estate I mean it wow. really is beautiful just outside of London uh, but also with uh, you know he, he was by the way a, a member of the British Parliament and he was a judge uh, so he was you know pretty smart cookie as they say um, but also you have the the writer Arthur Conan Doyle Um, He's the writer of the Sherlock Holmes series. He was very active. Harry Houdini, very famous, obviously. It's even said that uh, Mary Todd Lincoln held seances in the White House. Oh, cool. uh, She had some, uh, uh, you know, interest in in the whole area. Uh, I'm not sure how you could not during this time period. Um, And, of course, even it's been inferred that in the, uh, the royal family, in uh, you know a couple of the palaces, there have been people holding seances or whatever. So, but as always, along came the Christian Church, and they have been very opposed to mediumship. However, those people that were were mediums, there were also those that were you know sort of sh- shysters, for lack of a better word, uh, and they began to because me, because physical mediumship of in the in that time period was was much more common uh they began to do you know kind of like magician tricks yeah and they got caught yep as as they should have and the the amount of fraudulence was really quite large and so uh actually you know it's really really easy to tell whether someone uh is is a medium a good medium or not and that is the stuff that they're telling you you get it you know, but this whole thing of having to have, you know, sort of parlor tricks uh, is is really, you know, unfortunate. That's what happened. Uh, so there, there was a real decrease in, in uh, you know, going into like up about 1910 or so. Of course, that really zoomed back up again when you get into about 1920 for a short period of time. Uh, because of the war, so many people were lost in, in, the, in the First World War who died in the Second World War. Also, so you have these these bleeps in this in this whole field um, based on the on the two world wars. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of interesting. I think there's sort of a major resurgence again starting to happen. And I think TV and social media is uh, is is to uh, to play a part here. So. Social media and media, the radio, we are on the radio, and I think we should take a break. Sounds good. We will be right back to Things Worth Considering. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. 
We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Yonge Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, This is Gord and Jan on Things Worth Considering. And we're talking about mediums, mediumship, and becoming a medium Mm -hmm. or being a medium. Mm Um, so we're, we've been looking at the historical, um, you know, as I said today, I think there's, there's, uh, as a result of certainly television has definitely increased, um, you know, the, the, the interest again in this area. Um, some of the more well-known ones right now is like James Van Prague. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Uh, yeah. He's a medium. He's a teacher. He's an author. Uh, John Edward, uh, mm-hmm. again, Great medium and, a, and an excellent lecturer. Um, the famous Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. Um, uh, I think people really got a chance to see her kind of working very often. She's, um, you know, a very down-to-earth woman. And uh, what's, what's interesting about her is if she's in a grocery store or something and and suddenly, you know, somebody sort of tops on, taps on her shoulder, spiritual – uh, and and says you need to go over and tell her that her mother's here. Uh, she'll do it, huh. uh, which is kind of a little bit around some of the ethics uh, around this. You know, kind of, you know, people are like what? But anyways, it's kind of fun watching her do it. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunate, uh, uh, her marriage fell apart. But anyways, she's. I still think she's a very good medium. Uh, Sylvia Brown. Yeah. She was a real regular on the Montel Williams show. Uh, uh, she has passed away just recently. Oh, I didn't realize that. She's got a ton of books. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote a lot of books. Unfortunately, she fell into some disrepute towards the end mm. uh, that I'm not really sure about, but I do know that uh, she was very well regarded. And uh, the other one is uh, Susan Northrup. Uh, she's a demonstration medium and a lecturer and teacher also uh, in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, Susan, uh, Suzanne Northrup uh, takes part in the Afterlife Conference uh, each year, uh, this year being held in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people that have these abilities, and there's a lot of people that don't want to talk about these abilities. You know, I think that in, in view of what, what I've sort of put out there, um, the the um, uh, the history of it, the mental illness link of it. Um, I think there's there is a lot of shame around admitting that you have 
such, you know, such an ability that people are just going to go, oh, sure you do. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just float this camera over here right now? Or so, you know, like it's just uh, um, when, when people don't understand, people judge. Mm-hmm. And we don't judge it fairly or kindly. Right. 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 And it doesn't matter what that is. Right. Okay. Mental illness, we don't understand it. And it's horribly judged to the point of being stigmatized. Yeah. HIV AIDS, horribly stigmatized because we don't understand how that works. Belief uh, in UFOs? Are you, are you, well, UFOs, yeah. Yes, yeah, it just exactly. depends where they're coming from. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think it actually has a lot to do with the way that the, like we talk about, say, in the Victorian era, how um, how it was very, very popular to uh, be going to seances. And, and that was an integral part, especially the upper class, yes. integral part of the upper class life, right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting. So when the church says, no, 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 you can't do that, right? And that's fraudulent and, all, you know, that's demonic. You're playing with the demons. What ends up happening is it kind of goes, it, it goes underground a bit, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that happens in the early 1900s. It goes underground. And that's around about the same time at the end of the First World War where you start seeing the rise of secularism, right? So by the end of the Second World War, you start to get this feeling that there's a resurgence, right, coming in the 70s, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and still up till today, a strong resurgence, right? Because I think the Catholic Church especially loses its grip on being able to control people's connection to the to the spirit world. Right, right. Right. And so secularization makes it possible for people to talk more, share more, experience more, and to feel a little bit better about it. When the church starts to die off, then psychopathological discourses show up, right? Medicine takes over yeah, yeah. to squish it down and yeah. hide, you know, keep it hidden. That yeah. sort of thing. So I just think there's just always I'm always interested in the correlations, right? Historically, so oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It was nothing. Nothing exists by itself. No, exactly. And it was super, super popular in Victorian times. People had often they had mirror rooms, right? Uh, they they caused them they called them um, psychomantiums, or they called them uh, I know them by the fat fat what a phantasmagorium. Yeah. Yep. Right. I've been saying that word for years and suddenly I can't say it, but um, <laughs> phantasmagorium. Right. So they would people would build these rooms in their house and they would go and they would sit and they would look into the, the mirrors and they would uh, like they would try to see beyond the mirrors to communicate right. with the dead. Right. Into the alternate world behind the mirrors through the looking glass, yeah. as Lewis Carroll called it. Right. Well, you know, training training a mediumship is uh, has a lot of its own little rituals, and yeah, you know, that cool. can only happen here in this place. Where, you know, you know, I, I grew up. Uh, uh, my grandmother, God lover, uh, and he did was a wonderful medium. She was a pastor of a church, and uh, people people lined up to come and talk to her. I mean, I think probably she had a good hand on her shoulders. Wonderful Scottish lady, and uh, you know. We would we would have when uh, I can remember I'm seeing it now so I remember my mind's eye being you know in our, our teens living in the country and uh, my grandparents were there and so what do you do on a Saturday night you have a séance mm. and it's like what <laughs> and that's what we did you know uh, it didn't it didn't matter you didn't have you know she she was so down to earth it wasn't. She didn't need to have all these, you know, mirrors or have all these things. You know, there was the gadgets. Certain, 
the gadgets, yeah. Certainly there was a require the certain crystals or whatever, you know. It's just kind of like, all right, sit down, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> We're going into meditation. And then she would, you know, take us there uh, when I, I did some training with her. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, how much, you know, when you talk about the phantasmagorium, Versus, you know, over here with, with uh, uh, you know, the church and so on, the correlation between ritual, mm. you know, all kinds sure. of ritual is required, you know, in order to make that happen. Uh, granted, humans love ritual and we respond extremely well to repetitive behaviors. Uh, and, and that actually allows us then to, you know, the more repetitive something is to actually be open to something new. Right. As long as we know that everything going here looks like this, then, oh, there's a spirit at the end here. I can, you know, I can be okay with that uh, most right. of the time. So, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that that's played a, a, a huge role in it. Um, you know, what I, what I still continue to feel, you know, sort of, uh, uh, un- you know, I, just my thinking is unfortunate is that the, the pressure on people to basically keep it underground is robbing us of just such a, an amazing leap forward, I think. You know, what if we actually embraced and said, this is what humans do. This is what we're capable of doing. Uh, how would that change the world? Mm-hmm. I, think it would, I think it would have a phenomenal effect on the mm-hmm. world. I would For like sure. to believe that at least. For you sure. Know? Unless you, everybody sat down and started reading each other, in which case that would get nothing done. You know, <laughs> but at least we know what's coming. Um, <laughs> Starbucks you know? would be a very threatening place to be. It would. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, so do you think, though, do you think the, that, that the opening up of psychic, psychic abilities is part of the evolution of, of the human psyche? I the do. Human, I yeah? do. So that we're experiencing this on a mass scale? I, I do. I do. I think that on a mass scale, uh, we would all be short-shifted to n- not admit that there's something going on. The energy is definitely moving. It's definitely shifting. Uh, people don't know what they're experiencing right now. Mm. Because it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, confusing and it's a very restless energy right now um, because it hasn't quite settled in. And this has been going on for, you know, a long, long, long time. The, the current time period is about 40 years, but uh, uh, it's slowly moving us into a greater openness, a greater awareness. But people are not understanding what's going on for them. They're feeling disconnected. Uh, they're feeling that uh, they don't have a control over what's happening in their life. Things are feeling very out of their control. Um, when in fact the opposite is true, it really is a, a, a place of rather than going into the oh my god, what's going on here? Is the whole thing of just sitting back and grounding and being very, very grounded right now mm-hmm. uh, allows that mm-hmm. energy to kind of shift, move through, and settle. Other, if we get involved in the energy as its restless state, then we're going to become really agitated. And, and, and the more agitated we become, the more we kind of pull up out of our body, and then, then we're in trouble. That makes sense to me, actually. Yeah. This is, this is actually – this is not a time – and this is just my my putting that out there. This is not a time to be experimenting with out-of-body experiences. This is, you know, a time that we need to totally, you know, 
come into our bodies, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Ground it. Get that energy really solid um, the way most of us know it to be and and not feed into the, the some of the feelings that are going through us as the energy kind of moves around us and so on, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know I wanted I wanted to bring up when we were talking about witches and stuff like that that you know in Canada we still have on the books a two hundred year old law uh, a witchcraft law. Oh, tell me about that. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of the laws. It's really what it's used for today. They haven't taken it off the books, uh, just in case. Just in case, not that there's witches. They charge people under this law who defraud people. A lot of there are people who will pose to be mediums, who will pose to be psychics or whatever, um, and and the people that they feed on the most, and, and certainly the cases that I know in the last few years that have gone through, uh, has been someone who has convinced often a, a woman from the Eastern European traditions, where you know, sort of the evil eye and all that kind of stuff uh, uh, is part of their culture, that, you know, someone's put a, put a spell on them. And for $10,000, you know, we're going to take it, we're going to bury it, huh, mm-hmm. huh, except I know where it's buried. Uh, and they, they're giving them all this money to do stuff, only, of course, you know, until they wake up and realize, what the hell was I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the money, of course, where they, they buried it is gone. Uh, so, you know, that, that's one of the areas that is just, I think, horrific that anybody would even do that. Uh, but it's a, it's a form of robbery. Basically. Yeah. So fraud, but so what's the law, the law, how does the law, the witchcraft aspect of the law fit into that? Oh, um, that, that, you know, basically, uh, you know, using, using conjuring or, uh, I, I can't really remember. I would oh, have okay. to actually look up the actual law itself. Mm. All I know is that it's active, it's alive and well, and it's to keep shysters, uh, uh, in jail hmm. from taking advantage of people who do have a strong belief in, you know, the evil eye or, you know, putting spells on people and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, don't forget that, you know, this whole thing of, of the, uh, you know, the spiritual stuff, it exists all over the world. You know, it's spiritual, spiritualism in North America, in England, uh, in Australia. Um, but down in South America, you get into spiritism uh, and you get into voodoo. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some other, other titles. That, uh, I'm just not getting it right now. But um, it's, it is all over the world. You know. So what's the difference? What is spiritism then? Um, spiritism is, is, you know, it doesn't have that same sort of structure that spiritualism does. Spiritualism really, oh. really aligned itself with sort of the Christian, uh, the Christian church, you know. Uh, spiritism has, has its roots going back into, you know, uh, uh, you know, African and, uh, um, you know, people who came from Africa who were became brought over as slaves, whatever. Uh, this is very, very ancient religions. Voodoo. Um, those are all part of a belief system. And this is very big through, say, New Orleans, uh, down in through the islands, down into South America. Big in, in Brazil, really big in Brazil. Mm. Uh, Argentina. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, that's sort of been so it, to be like spiritism. So is it the study of spirits and their relationship to the corporeal world, like that kind of a thing? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's actually like it's a very ritualized uh, uh, you know, g- gathering of people who who are looking to the spirits to help them out. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I think what we're going to do is, uh, you know, next week we can talk more about this. But we're going to talk about how do you become a medium. <gasps> Let's do it. Yeah. And, I want to. I need to gonna, learn that. How we're going to do it and, and do it in a very, very solid way. Um, now, if you're in the Toronto area tomorrow on June 21st, uh, we have our Compassion Energy Healing Circle uh, being held at the Transformational Arts College. It's open to the public. It's by donation only. There's no entrance fee. Uh, and we're winding down now for the summer, going into the summer, and uh, there's going to be a social afterwards. So you can come out and chat and have a chance to meet us. Um, we're at 3300 Young Street, uh, just um, uh, north of Lawrence, and it begins at 7 p.m. Um, also coming up is our summer lecture series. Mm-hmm. And this is our faculty. Each uh, faculty member is doing something. So on, uh, if you're in the Toronto area, uh, we have on the uh, the 4th of uh, – no, sorry, the 3rd of July is Joanne Morgan. She's a wonderful, very respected instructor. She's uh, amazing. She is, all the way from New Zealand. And she's doing a mini workshop uh, about the sanctity of our homes. And right after that, the very next Wednesday is me. And I'm going to do everything you wanted to know about being stuck and getting unstuck. The workshops are $40 each, and uh, there's one every week, almost every week, uh, right up until Labor Day. So transformationalarts.com, and uh, someone will be able to help you out. So you can also get in touch with us at info at spiritgrows.ca. And that brings us to the end of another week. I can't believe it just flies by. So uh, we thank you for listening. And uh, we hope we gave you some wonderful things worth considering. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.